Universal, nothing personal, word of the day, March 4th, 2021. Universal is my word. Sounds very grand, doesn't it? The universe. When I was in high school or middle school, I had to watch Carl Sagan's Cosmos. If you haven't watched that, don't. I found it to be unbelievably boring, but sort of interesting because I wanted it to be interesting, but it was boring, but I had to do a paper on it. The universe is this large entity that is impossible to understand no matter how old you are, the size, the depth, the breadth. Universal is the name given to the designated hitter simply by adding the National League to the designated hitter role. The American League already has it in baseball. So it's become known as the Universal DH. It will be universal. Everybody's going to have it. We did it last year. It worked great. What happened? Well, we had to wait to see that the Universal DH would be back for 2021. I'm not ready to say I lost or I was wrong. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. If it does, I'll revisit it. If it doesn't, I'll revisit it. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the guy who will always revisit no matter what, because there's accountability here on Nothing Personal. But it's not the beginning of the season yet. New articles are out saying that Universal DH and expanded playoffs are highly unlikely, if not completely dead, for the 2021 season. Today, what day is it, Coca? March 4th. What day does the season start? April 1st. By my count, that is 28 days away. Do you know how much can happen in 28 days? You can create four worlds. We can't come to an agreement with the union owners. We dollar, we dollar. We can't come to an agreement on universal DH. How can that be when both sides want it? I'm not going to cover the issue again. I'm going to cover the timing with you right now. When the league is not getting what it wants from the union, it tries all different approaches, dividing and conquering, talking to players in the clubhouse, trying to get players to call the union on certain issues, talking to certain members of the media, thinking about when the right time would be to exert a little bit of public pressure. You don't do it the day before. You do it 28 days before. There is plenty of time, given these articles, for both sides to get to the table and do what's right. Not what's right for the fans, what's right for the union. Not what's right for the fans, what's right for the owners. I feel like invoking the Nike. Just do it. All right, what's the, what's the downside? Let's go to both sides here and discuss what the downside is. Well, if I'm running a team and I'm putting my team together at spring training, games have started. I've got to get the pitchers hitting starting the second week of March. That's when they start hitting during spring training to get ready for the season for the National League. We get them an at-bat for the starters. We don't have the bullpen guys ever take an at-bat during spring training, but we do have the starters take an at-bat for their last three starts, let's say. So you got to start preparing that way. If there are any free agents out there, unlikely, but if there are any free agents out there, like Cespedes, as an example, who did that great showcase, wants a four-year deal. He doesn't want a four-year deal. He wants a one-day deal, but he wants to play four more years. 
I'm not even sure he's going to play again, but 11 teams looked at him. If there's a universal DH, there are, by definition, 15 more quote-unquote hitter jobs out there. As teams, when you are making your cuts and you are deciding who's going to be on your roster and you are doing roster management issues, you've got to know whether or not you're going to have a DH or not. I was about to say universal DH just because it's word of the day. It's not about that. It's about knowing whether or not you need to carry the extra hitter or do you carry the extra pitcher because you start preparing for that middle of March. So we're not even at that point. We've got 10 days before front offices start really focusing on their roster management issues. So I don't think that we are up against a deadline when it comes to universal DH. Expanded playoffs, not up against the deadline on that issue either. Both issues can be solved just because the union says they don't want to marry the two issues. They're two totally separate issues. The owners want to put the issues in the same sort of pot, in the same negotiating pot. But again, that doesn't matter. You can bifurcate the issues or you can take them both at the same time, but you do what is right for the game. This announcement on DH could be made anytime up to first pitch of opening day. I haven't looked at the schedule. Who opens the season? It used to be Cincinnati would have the first game. They'd play an afternoon game early because they were famous. They're a longstanding franchise. Then it used to be that MLB sold the night game before opening day. So the first game was always between the World Series champion or between a team that had something good going on, like a new ballpark. The Marlins opened the season in 2012 with a night game against the Cardinals. Josh Johnson threw the first pitch to Rafael Fercal. Strike one. Highlight of that game for me, at least on the field. So I don't really know which team is opening. I think all 15 are playing on the first Coca, but I don't know who plays first. In either case, that's the deadline for announcing expanded playoffs. Believe it or not, that is the true deadline for announcing universal DH. So I don't want you to leave today reading that article and thinking it's done, it's over. There's going to be labor strife. There's going to be work stoppages. These guys can't get along. They couldn't find a door in a one-room house. I just made up that expression. That makes no sense. I don't know why I said that. I still think universal DH makes sense. And I still think National League will have a DH when the regular season begins. Never say never and never give up, Jim Valvano. I will not give up. If you're listening, Rob, if you're listening, Tony, because I know people under you are, and I'm thankful for that, here's my suggestion. Approach the players with the following deal. That you will agree to DH in the National League You want expanded playoffs to 13 teams, not 14, up from 10. And instead of the 80 million that you guarantee them, guarantee them the $90 million with an easy opportunity to make it over 100, assuming full capacity. It's really not that crazy a deal to cut. But in order for it to be cut, both sides need to realize that anything you negotiate now will not in any way hurt your position when you negotiate a long-term collective bargaining agreement after this year. I promise you it feels that way. I get it. 
but in the real world of negotiating and bargaining, it does not. Okay. Who's got, we got Blue Jays, Yankees opening the season at 105. Is that the only 105 game on opening day? That would be surprising to me. I would assume there'll be a bunch of 105 games, including, I guess, maybe the, uh, maybe it is the only 105 game. I guess that means that the first pitch will be thrown by Garrett Cole, assuming he stays healthy at 105 Eastern time. All right. Players are still being signed. It's sort of mid-March, early March. Jackie Bradley Jr. got signed by the Brewers. Remember, the Brewers were in the running for Justin Turner, but they weren't really ever going to get him, but they had the money ready to give Justin Turner a deal. Well, Scott Boris called up Mark Anatazio, the owner of the Brewers, and said, I got a guy. Why don't you realize that if you bring in my guy, you will have an all-gold-glove outfield with Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, and my guy? All you have to do is give him a small raise from the $11 million he was making last year, even though he has not played well enough to warrant a raise in any way. But just give him one more million dollars. That's all you got to do, and you can have him. Hey, Scott, I'm just curious. How many other teams are trying to sign Jackie Bradley Jr. right now? Anybody? A couple other teams, maybe? Are they offering anything near a $12 million salary? Anything near $12 million? And then on top of that, you got the Brewers to make it a two-year deal for $24 million, but the second year he's is an opt-out after the first year, so the second year is not even guaranteed. Do you know what will happen? Come on, don't make me go over this again, although I will because there's new listeners. When there is a player opt-out, what that means is the player will go to the other 29 teams and say, excuse me, my name is Jackie Bradley Jr., I'm represented by Scott Boris, and I've got a question for you. Will you pay me $12 million in a dollar? That's $1 more than the Brewers are offering to pay me. Will you, please, for me? You will? Okay, hold on. Let me get back to you. Hey, Brewers, I am declining to stay with you. I'm opting out of the deal unless you offer me $12 million and two. You will? Hold on. Let me be back to you. Hello. Yes, I would sign for $12 million and one, but I think I can get $12 million and two. Will you give me $12 million and three? Hold on. Hey, Milwaukee, there's no way I'm opting in to the $12 million deal. I already have $12 million and three. Would you like to keep me for $12 million and four? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's not cynical, folks. That's real. That is real. That's how player options work. Why do we keep another freaking dollar? Why do they keep giving opt-outs? It's become a normal thing. The union better be careful because if I were still in the game and collective bargaining were starting, I would go to the table with this as a must win. No more opt-outs. You want a guaranteed deal, then you sign it. If you don't want to stay with the team, don't sign a guaranteed deal for that number of years. But don't make it so that we beg and plead to sign you. You have a great year, and then we don't get you by definition without giving you a raise that you wouldn't have gotten if you had not had a great year. If you want to be rewarded for every great year that you had, no problem. Let's do it, folks. Everyone's a free agent after every year. 
No long-term deals. One-year deals only. Let's go. Jackie Bradley has an opt-out. I don't blame Jackie Bradley. If you can get an opt-out, you get an opt-out. I don't blame Scott Boris because the Brewers gave it to him. They gave it to him just like we gave it to Stan, just like we give it to players all the time. Why do we do that? Because we're so nervous we're going to lose the player to another team and have to call the owner and say sorry. You lost the player over an opt-out? Who cares? Give it to him. It's what every owner says. Opt-outs are the single worst thing. That seems like a little hyperbole. They are in the top five worst things in this collective bargaining agreement that hurt the owners and helped the players. And by the way, all of the talk about the fact that they are a gold glove outfield in Milwaukee now. Lorenzo Kane, remember when he was signed by the Brewers? It was a huge signing, very exciting. He traded for Yelich. Everything was great. Lorenzo Cain is not the player he was in 2015 when he won the World Series with the Kansas City Royals. I think he's at the tail end of his deal with the Brewers. He was a gold glove. And the thing about gold gloves is that once you've won one, let me tell you who else is a gold glove outfielder whenever you have to refer to him. Marcelo Zuna. Does that tell you something? I love you, Ozzy. I really do. But you're not a gold glove outfielder anymore at all. I guess once you win a world champion, like in the 100-meter dash, like uh, Ben Johnson or uh, Bolt, you are forever the champion, but it doesn't mean you can run that time again. You're older. You're slower. Lorenzo Cain is not a current gold glove outfielder. Jackie Bradley Jr., maybe. Yelly, for sure, if he chooses to. Is that enough for the Brewers to compete, to win? that division in the NL Central to overcome the Cardinals who traded for Arenado? Well, give the Brewers credit. They didn't trade Josh Hader when I thought they could have and they should have because they could have gotten the most for Hader right now this offseason when people were overpaying for bullpen arms. But the Brewers got Jackie Bradley Jr. and I'm pissed off about the opt-out. Trevor Bauer has signed. We have breaking news. Trevor Bauer has signed with the New York Mets. Joining George Springer and JT Realamuto in what will be a hugely improved Mets team. Trevor Bauer will start game two of the season behind Jacob DeGrom. And when asked whether he was okay pitching game two for the Mets, Trevor Bauer said, I'm fine. Just make sure you buy my Mets merchandise off my website. How's that for a segue? Coca-licious, huh? Did you read that yesterday? I read it. Disbelief. Rachel Lube is Trevor Bauer's agent. By the way, I, I already got an, an at. Right now, I'm getting an at. Trevor Bauer is not with the Mets. I, who's listening to this live that they would know that? How do you listen to a podcast live when we don't edit it, but we record it for 45 minutes every day? You love it. You download it. You subscribe it. You tell your friends. but. You can't be commenting on it now. This isn't Clubhouse, where we'll be tonight at 8 p.m. Thursday, March 4th. Anyway, I know Trevor Bauer's not on the Mets. His agent, Rachel Luba, went on a podcast and said, the Mets deal was a done deal. Then he went to the Dodgers. Then the website released 
Met stuff. Then Trevor Bauer apologized. And before he could apologize publicly, he called up his agent and said, I'm going to the Mets because he quoted, he was quoted as saying by Rachel, which is hearsay, because we don't know whether or not he said those exact words. And if he did say him, whether he meant them, which is the true definition of hearsay, he said, forget it. I'm so embarrassed and upset about this web merchandise snafu that I'm going to the Mets. His agent said, you know, why don't you take a breath? While the Mets did offer you 105 million, the reality is the Dodgers deal is way better because it's 82 over two. Instead of 105 over three, ignore the fact that the Dodgers claim they got him for 102 over three. They did not. They got him for 82 over two because he's not going to sign in year three for the 17 million under his current contract with the Dodgers unless he absolutely sucks in year two, which, by the way, is not out of the question. So what happened? Trevor Bauer was trying to take advantage of his social media presence, trying to take advantage of his growth scene during COVID. And he was ready with the Dodgers and the Mets merchandise, ready to press go when he made his decision. And someone who worked for him or for the company who manages his website, whatever the case may be, someone released early the Mets merchandise. And he was mortified. Why? I don't know. I think it's eyewash, to tell you the truth. False hustle for him to apologize the way he did to the Mets fans and to come out saying that, hey, I'm a baby. I'm going to the Mets because I'm so upset I've hurt the fan base. I'm not following that. How did you hurt the fan base exactly? Because someone may have bought a Bauer Mets jersey, which, by the way, is going to be worth more than when they bought it because you're not a Met and won't be a Met? You think the Mets fans were so despondent that they were going to cheer you and now they're going to boo you because of your merchandise? Come on. One time. Just come out and tell us the truth. It's not that hard. The reason why I had Mets merchandise prepared is they were the high offer. We went back to the Dodgers and said, you've got to do it this way or we're going to the Mets and they agreed. And so we went to the Dodgers. If they had said no, I would have been a Met. They said, yes, I'm a Dodger. Okay. I buy it. I think it's totally fine. I really do. All right, Coco, what's next? Man, we could do a lot of stuff. I think that uh, I think we got to go to break. I'd like to go to break right now because that's what Coco wants me to do. When we come back, we will review a movie, a movie that no one has seen, but I'm going to hope that you do. And we are definitely going to talk about Albert Pujols. We will be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. You have found our show five days a week. You've gotten through the gauntlet except you haven't. Just kidding. We got one more for you. Do you know what today is? It's March 4th. Do you know what the word of the day is? Universal. Ha ha. 
Do you know why March 4th matters? By the way, we're smart, Coca. What a great word of the day on March 4th. Do you know what the word of the day is? It should have been Paramount. Paramount Plus started today. Do you have CBS All Access? Guess what? You should. And if you do, you now have Paramount Plus. Did you not want CBS All Access because you didn't think there was enough with CBS Sports HQ, with CBSN, the news network, the sports network? Well, guess what? Paramount Plus just launched today. You've definitely seen that journey to Mount Paramount, those commercials with Cower and Corden and Stewart and Beavis and Butthead. It's quite a squad. Paramount Plus is now operational. Live sports, breaking news, a mountain of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount Plus. Stream movies right now like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible. We've got new episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek, Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And get this, it's where you can dive into live sports from us, us, me and Coca. We've got live sports for you. Now nah, that's CBS Sports. They've got the NFL. You know that. They've got March Madness. It's coming. The Masters. Champions League Soccer. Plus stream all of the hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, and Comedy Central. Live sports. Breaking news. A mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus. Streaming N. Streaming O. Streaming W. Now. I watched a movie yesterday. Ha ha. Joke's on you. I watch a movie every day. I love watching movies. I got to talk about this one. And why? Because it's a movie that is 78 minutes. It costs $4.99 on Amazon. And Jeffrey Loria, the former owner of the Marlins, has a cameo in this movie. It's a documentary called Lifeline. Clifford Still. Who? Clifford Still. C-L-Y-F-F-O-R-D. Still as in be still my beating heart. Clifford Still is an abstract expressionist. Like with Mark Rothko and Jackson Pollock, a very famous American artist who died in 1980, but a 20th century American artist. Abstract expressionism is a great movement because it's a movement where every single parent says, hey, look, my kid could do that. It's my favorite thing about Jackson Pollock. By the way, if you haven't seen the movie Pollock with Ed Harris, see it. It's great. Jackson Pollock, God, just spill a can of paint. Clifford Still, just draw lines. Make them a little squiggly and you got yourself a Clifford Still. Holy Christ, Mark Rothko? Put two squares of color on a canvas and charge me $5 million. Well, I'm not sure that you're right because to be an abstract expressionist, to be a successful painter and artist in the 20th century, you've got to have skill. You've got to have passion. You've got to have luck. You've got to be a little bit off as many of the artists are in our world. Athletes, artists, executives, podcast hosts, all of us. This is a movie about the life of Clifford Still about what happened to his works of art, about the way he was and how he was sort of an outcast in the abstract expressionist world. His friendship with Mark Rothko turned sour, got reunited. Why am I asking you to learn about art? Because we spend our days focused on sports and politics and business and entertainment. 
I went to Denver, Colorado every single year with the Marlins. And I never once went to the Clifford Still Museum because I didn't know it was there. Shame on me. I would go to museums at every other road city. My favorite museum in Chicago, the Art Institute, which has my favorite painting by Seurat. Unbelievable the opportunities pre-COVID that I had to go to cities with a baseball team and look at great art. If you don't like art, just for me, give this documentary a try. Learn about abstract expressionism. Learn about the life of an artist. The difficulty in the way an artist tries to convey what he or she is thinking through a medium like oil on canvas. Learn what it's like to be tortured and try to express that torture in a way that we call abstract or I don't understand. I don't see that. I'm looking at the canvas. What do I see? I don't get it. The point of art, as you will learn, is whatever you perceive by viewing a canvas is what the artist intended. Whatever you see is what the artist wanted you to see. Whatever you understand is enough for the artist to feel he, she, or they have done the job correctly. It's only 78 minutes of your time. Amazing that I learned for the first time of the relationship that Jeffrey Loria had with Clifford Still, the friendship, never knew it. All through growing up, all through my life, never knew it. Unbelievable. It was a middle of the night type movie and I enjoyed it tremendously. It's called Lifeline, Clifford Still, 78 minutes. Coco, what are the chances on a scale of one to 10 that after that review, you will take the time to watch Lifeline? One to 10. I don't think Coke is with me anymore. I think that during the course of that review, he got frustrated. Okay. Do you know why I got frustrated? Because when I sent the rundown immediately today, uh, yesterday, I said I was going to review Minari. And Coca had to remind me that we had just reviewed Minari last week. That's what makes me laugh. I didn't even remember. All right. Hopefully you're around, Coca, because this next one requires you to press an entire button that you are now prepared to press. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. Coke is alive. So you want to talk to Samson. It's a segment where you get into my Twitter, David P. Samson, and you ask me a very simple question or a difficult question. And if it's trending, if it's interesting, if Coca likes it, if I love it, we're going to cover it during the show. If not, I may try to answer it off screen in your Twitter DM. Here's the question. So you wanna to talk to Samson. All right, David, please tell me exactly how old Albert Pujols is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Viral. All right, here's the backstory. Every week I do the Levitar Local Hour on Thursdays. Last week, there was a conversation we had about Albert Pujols and how I made it very clear that Albert Pujols is older than his listed age. That's not big news. Everybody in baseball knows it, I said. It got picked up by one source 
by another, 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 viral, V-I-R-A-L. It was everywhere. Former MLB exec, says Albert Pujols, is not telling the truth about his age. MLB exec says Albert Pujols lied. Let me tell you exactly what I said. Let me tell you exactly what I meant. Because I said what I meant. I meant what I said. And I have it for you now. And I will answer the question. I don't have the first idea how old Albert Pujols is. And I don't care. I only know that he's older than his listed age because during that time period, scores of players lied about their age in order to get larger signing bonuses. If you are 16 in the Dominican Republic and you throw 94, you will get more money than if you're 18. If you're 18, you'll get more money than if you're 20 because we project. We say, hey, you're only 16 throwing 94. You're going to be throwing a hundo by the time you're 19. We'll take you. If you're throwing 92 and you're 20 years old, you're not going to get signed. If you're throwing 92 and you're 16 and you've got a birth certificate that says you're 16, we say, hey, you look sort of old. You look like Danny Almonte, but we're going to take it. Standard operating procedure. Why? Because these players wanted more money because they needed it. I get it. I understand why people lie about their age. They want to get jobs in Hollywood. They want to get movie roles. I understand the whole concept. It's a multi-billion dollar business. Stopping the aging process. Reversing the aging process. Changing the aging process. It's all part of what we do every day. We've got cream that will take away your wrinkles overnight. We've got a little shot you put in your forehead. You'll have no wrinkles, but of course, you won't be able to smile, laugh, and eventually you're going to look like Joan Rivers or Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger when he was alive, obviously, and Joan Rivers for that matter. You're on the air every day. People are looking at your face. You better not look normal. You can't look like they do, so you better clean that up. Get rid of the wrinkles. Get rid of the crow's eyes. I have those if you're looking, if you're watching on YouTube. Nothing personal with David Sampson. I don't understand. More people watch it, but just hit the subscribe button. I got the crow's eyes. See him? I got wrinkles in my forehead. See that? I'm making the wrinkles right now. I'm lifting my eyes. If you get too much Botox, that's what you can't do. You can't lift your eyebrows. You can't do it. I've never had one thing shot into me except vaccines, which I haven't even gotten. Other vaccines. I haven't gotten the COVID vaccine yet. I'm trying to. As soon as they do 50 and older, I'm in. Actually, if they do 53 and older, I'm in. So I was in no way critical of Albert Pujols. That's number one. Number two. I don't understand how media outlets listen to the interview with Levitard and then have a headline that says Pujols lied about his age during negotiation. I never said that. We were negotiating with Albert Pujols in 2012. We wanted to sign him to a 10-year deal. We were opening a ballpark in Miami called Marlins Park. We thought that Albert Pujols would slot perfectly into first base and help us win because we were all in in 2012. We also knew that he would not be good for 10 years of a 10-year contract. We looked at it the following way. We offered him $200 million for 10 years. That's $20 million a year. 
We thought he'd be productive for five years, and we thought we'd pay him $200 million for five years, which is $40 million a year. And the last five years, we would pay him nothing in our minds because that's what he'd be worth. We thought that because we knew that he had declining performance, because we knew that he was older than his listed age and that he would be finishing this contract, not at 41, but at an age older, where it is impossible to be productive at that age unless you're Ichiro. And even Ichiro had a problem, unless you're Julio Franco. Even Julio Franco had a problem. He never lied to us during the negotiation. Do you know why? Do you know what question never came up when we were negotiating with Dan Lozano? for all those days and weeks. Does he want a suite on the road? Yeah, that came up. Does he have any particular spring training needs that we don't know about, even though we watched him spring train in St. Louis, right with us at Roger Dean in Jupiter? No, that didn't come up. We knew that. How old is he? Nope. Never came up. Didn't matter. So I want to clarify and make it very, very clearly understood. Albert Pujols, in my mind, and in the mind of everyone else around baseball, is not the age that he claims to be. Albert Pujols is not the only player who is not the age that he claimed to be. Albert Pujols' age never came up during negotiation with the Marlins. He never lied about it. We never asked about it. It didn't matter to us. Number four, Albert Pujols is a guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer. Guaranteed. Along with Manny Ramirez, Vladimir Guerrero, Miguel Cabrera, probably the four best right-handed hitters of my career. Forgetting steroids and everything else. Pure hitting. Hitting talent. Albert Pujols had a stretch with the Cardinals where for me, he was the best player in the game by far. He has a chance with 38 homers left to hit 700 home runs in his illustrious career. Albert Pujols is a superstar that is at the tail end of a career. He's hung on a little longer than he should have. The Angels have not been successful with him. And when they look back at the contract signing, they will probably say they don't regret it, but they do. When I look back, I regret not getting Albert in 2012, but as time passed, I became more thankful. But at that moment, I was extremely upset. So for all the people contacting me, I don't know how old Albert Pujols is. And my name is Pierre. I don't care. Coca, you be good? Did I answer the question? Nothing personal pick of the day. Ooh, we had a good one. Yes, we did. Do you remember what we did last night, yesterday's show? If you're listening to these shows late, the day after they come out, you're missing an opportunity to make money. We told you that James Harden was going back to Houston as a net player to play the Houston Rockets. We told you he'd get booed and cheered. He did. We told you that James Harden was going to show Houston that when surrounded with better players, he didn't have to do only scoring, but he could be a passer and a rebounder. And he wanted to shove it so far up the us of the Houston Rockets that he was going to have the best game of the season, but not because he was going to score 70 points. 
We told you he was going to get a triple-double. Those are rare. Guess what? He got a triple-double. There was a prop bet, 11 and a half over assists. That was a slam dunk. He had 14 assists. For whatever reason, the Nets were only favored by nine and a half over a Rockets team that absolutely stinks. A Nets team that is on fire. I have no explanation as to why they were only favored by nine and a half, but they were, and they won by 18. We had a double win yesterday. We are now 30 and 19. We had the Nets minus nine and a half over the Rockets. We had Harden over 11 and a half assists. 30 and 19. Let's take this hotness out for a ride. Big game tonight in the NBA. Did you watch what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks the other night when they got absolutely rocked by the Nuggets? And the Joker, his name is Nikola Jokic. And he has more triple doubles at his age. I think he has 50 than any other center ever except Will Chamberlain. You're talking about a guy with a skill set that is hard to imagine for the Nuggets. They are my team to make it to the finals. This, that was a finals match in my mind. And the Nuggets crushed the Bucks. The Bucs had won four in a row. I think they've won four to five, whatever the case may be. They play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. The line is off. I'm showing the Bucs at minus six over the Grizzlies. And that makes no sense to me. When you have a good team that suffers a bad loss, it is always good to know that the next game, they're sort of snapped back into attention. And I think that's what you're going to see with the Bucs. So Bucks minus six over the Grizzlies. Do you think we can get to 31 and 19? That would be something. All right, I want to give a correction from yesterday. So here on Nothing Personal, we have a thing. We go 45 minutes, we go straight. If I cough, we're still going. If I sneeze, we're still going. If I make mistakes, we're still going, but we're going to revisit them. I told you yesterday that one of the stars of a movie called Kodachrome, he played Serrano in Major League. His name is Dennis Haysbert. I said he was the Geico guy. Thank you for pointing out to me. I like when you point out when I'm wrong because I will make the correction on the show. I don't want you to think that I think it's okay to be wrong and just to keep going. I'm just a person. He's the Allstate guy. All right, wait to see. Wait to see is when we do something, say something, and we keep track. We are now on episode, I have no idea what episode number, 323. I think we're more than that, but the numbered episodes are 323. We have wait to seize and we will revisit them. Wait to see is when I say something's going to happen. If it does, I'm going to tell you. If it doesn't, I'm going to tell you. I got to wait to see for all you Jets fans, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They're always in the show. They're in the show again today because of Sam Darnold and their GM. His name is Joe Douglas. I want to talk about Joe Douglas for a minute. The way to see, I'm going to start at the end and then go back to the beginning. The way to see is a simple one. Sam Darnold is not getting traded. Okay? So stop. They've invested too much to cut the ribcord. Even though they've got the number two pick and they may still draft a quarterback. Sam Darnold will not be traded. But Joe Douglas, for whatever reason, is the GM of the Jets. And I say for whatever reason because the Jets are just terrible. But Woody Johnson's back from being ambassador for the UK. He took the reins back from Chris Johnson. So all is well. 
in J-E-T-S, Jetsland. Last year, Sam Darnold, when asked whether he could be traded, Joe Douglas said, no, he's our franchise cornerstone quarterback. We are building around him. We will win with him. This is a Super Bowl winning guy. Well, guess what? Joe Douglas was asked again about Sam Darnold and said, hey, if my phone rings, I'm going to pick it up. So guess what we're doing right now? Just because I want to give you an example. Here we go. Hello? Hello, is Joe there? Yes, this is Joe. Hey, Joe, it's David. I'm the GM of the NFL. Hey, David, what what team are you with? Yeah, you may not have heard of me, but I'm the GM of the jeans. And I just want to make sure that I was calling because I read what you said yesterday and you promised you'd pick up the phone and you're a man of your word. You're picking up the phone. But is Sam Darnold available? Because we here at the team of the, we believe that Sam Darnold would be a really good addition to our team. Well, um, thank you very much for calling, David. Uh, I don't know that I would trade Sam unless you'd give me sort of a Deshaun Watson type package. Well, I'm not sure what that is because he hasn't been traded. Do you mean a Matthew Stafford type package? No, no. I'm sorry you misunderstood me, David, but I'm going to have to look to see what the draft capital is for your team because I'm going to want way more than Stafford. Well, wait a minute. Sam Darnold is not nearly as good as Matt Stafford. I don't think there's really anything to talk about here. Well, what do you mean there's nothing to talk about? Of course there is. We are making Sam Darnold available because I'm answering my phone. Hey, Joe, I think that you probably misspoke because you have the totally incorrect evaluation of Sam Darnold. So can I can I call you back when maybe I can speak to my owner to see if he's willing to give up all the draft picks that you think you're going to get for him? Okay, Thank you, David. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Hold on. I got to make another call. Um, hey, Woody. Dee, 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 dee. Hey, Woody, it's Joe. I told you I'd pick up the phone. I got a call from this guy, David, from the team. I'm not sure we're going to get the haul that you think we're going to get for Sam Darnold. I think that I'll keep answering the phone, but I think we ought to meet him, don't you, and tell him that we are committed to him and that we want him to win with the Jets because last year when you were in London, we were totally committed to him, but then the team was bad and he didn't have a really good year and we didn't have really good offense or defense or special teams. But now he read that I said that maybe he's available, but I don't think we're ever going to trade him, Woody. Would you call Sam for me and tell me you love him and miss him and need him and want him? And I'll call him later. And then I'm going to have his old coach, Frank Gase, call. That'd be good, right? Come on, Joe, don't give a quote like that. Please don't give a quote that says that you are now going to answer phone calls. Here's a little nugget behind the scenes. Every GM answers every phone call about every player. Even if you're Deshaun Watson, even if you're Sam Darnold, even if you're Tom Brady, Every single GM answers every single call. Did you read that Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw thing, by the way, Coca? How crazy is that? In 1983, Terry Bradshaw, who was at the height of his fame, well, maybe a little past the height, as a quarterback for the Steelers, checked into a hospital in Louisiana under an assumed name, Tom Brady. Sort of weird. I don't know why that's just coming out now. Anyway, getting back to 
players being available and not giving quotes. Here's what we said with the Marlins and with the Expos. Everybody is eligible to be traded, but some players are less likely than others. That's all you got to say. Don't say now I'm picking up the phone. Don't say now a player's unavailable, untouchable. He's untouchable. He's intouchable. He won't be touched. He's our franchise player. He's our cornerstone. We signed him to be with us his whole career. We want him to retire a Jet or a Marlin or a Met. Ooh, things change. Things are always changing in the world of sports. As a GM or team president, it's okay to lean into that change, to embrace that change with your fan base, to say to them, we would love to win more with Sam Darnold, but obviously, if the phone call is going to ring, we are going to answer it. You never know what happens when a coach can call or a team can call. Did I not call him Adam? I may have said the wrong name. It's Sam Darnold. I called him some strange name. I called him Frank Gase. Why would I call him Frank Gase? Correction. The erstwhile Jets coach is Adam Gase. He's no longer the coach. Didn't he get fired? Didn't am I, am I totally blanking? I could have sworn he got fired. Maybe not. I think they hired that new guy. Um, the Jets have that new coach, Robert Sala. Thank you, Coca. But can we get back to the show? Please tell your fan base the truth. Every player is available if we believe our team gets better by making that trade. We are not going to move Sam Darnold for business reasons. We are going to move him only if we think our team has a better chance to win more games. I think that'd be a very open, honest way to say it. I'm willing to pick up the phone. G-M-A-B. Give me a break. That's our show. Just remember, in every instance, it's just business. It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.